The last time I spoke on a Wednesday night, it's been several weeks ago, but I spoke to you about power through prayer. And tonight, I want to just continue on sharing with you about prayer. And I just have to say that the message tonight is a message that can really change your life and change your world, but it is not one of those messages, you know, about uh, it's just all going to be easy, okay? And, and, but it's real, and it's true, and it's from the Word, and uh, so tonight we're going to talk about that persistence prevails. Now, the reason, I always say this, the reason that people don't pray or don't pray more is because they don't really think that it will matter. Because if we really believe that, that it will matter, I mean, it's, it's by far the most powerful thing that you can do. Now, at the same time, you also need to know this, the reason that people stop praying, it's because they stopped thinking that it was going to matter. They stop, well, it's either one of two things. Either they know they have the petitions that they've prayed about, they know that they've received, they know that God has done it, or they've given up. They stopped believing that it was really going to make a difference. So Luke chapter 18, verse 1, it says, Then he, Jesus, spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Another translation says, and not give up. Jesus taught a parable. In fact, we're going to look at two parables that Jesus taught for this same purpose, that we would not stop praying. Now, remember this. When you stop praying, you gave up. Jesus said that we would always pray, always pray, and not give up. Don't lose heart. See, we got to be like that three-year-old boy that Paul Harvey tells about who went to the grocery store with his mother. And before they even went in the store, she said, you're not going to get any chocolate chip cookies, so don't even ask. She puts him in the cart, and he sat there in that child seat as she wheeled him down the aisles. But when they came to the cookie section, he saw those chocolate chip cookies, and he stood up, and he said, Mom, can I have some chocolate chip cookies? She said, I told you not to even ask. You're not going to get any chocolate chip cookies. Now sit down. They keep going up and down the aisles, and somehow or another they ended up back on that aisle again, and here he goes again. Can I please have some chocolate chip cookies? She said, no, you're not getting any chocolate chip cookies. Now sit down and be quiet. Finally, they're getting close to the checkout line, and he realizes it's, it's almost over. This is my last chance. And he just says in a really loud voice, in Jesus' name, can I have some chocolate chip cookies? Everybody in the store started laughing. Some were applauding. And before they got out of that store, they had 22 boxes of chocolate chip cookies. Persistence prevails. Now, that's just a fun little story, but I, I got to tell you that Jesus tells us some stories about this that are very real. I mean, these stories are things that our Savior taught 
so that we would understand this principle of persistent prayer that we just keep praying and we just keep praying and we just keep praying. Verse 2 of Luke 18, saying, here it is, this first story says, There was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. And now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continually coming she weary me. See, you need to understand, when Jesus is telling these people this story, I mean, they had a certain mindset and attitude from their culture about this whole situation. I mean, this is a widow woman. She has no power or influence, no sway, nothing to get this judge, this unjust judge who doesn't fear God, doesn't care about man, No reason in the world that he would listen to her at all. But she just keeps coming. She is so persistent. He says, though I don't fear God or regard man, yet because she troubles me by her continually coming, she wearies me. I want you to understand something here. When Jesus tells this parable, he's not telling us that we got to weary God. We got to wear God down. See, that's an old religious works mentality where you turn prayer into some kind of a religious work as though we were going to twist God's arm. I have some news for you. You're not going to convince God by your persistence to do what you want. That's not what he's teaching here. He's just using this as a story, telling us about this unjust judge, but because of her persistence, she prevailed. And that's what you need to get from this, is that in prayer, we have to be persistent. We have to keep on praying and keep on praying. Verse 6, he says, Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust, unjust judge said. And shall not God avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. See, our God is not unjust. He's not unfair. And he regards us. He cares about us. He loves us. And Jesus tells us that he will do it speedily. Now, I don't know about you, but I think sometimes that God's idea of speedily and my idea of speedily are two different things. And there are times when it just seems like something is never going to happen, but you need to remember this, that God can always do it in a moment, in an instant. That miracle, that breakthrough can come if we don't give up. See, something happens when we don't give up. Something also happens when we give up. And then he says this, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Is somebody going to still be believing? Is somebody still going to be praying? Now this story is a comparison by contrast 
I, I want to say this again. It is, Jesus is not implying that it is hard for us to get our Father to answer our prayers. He is not mean and uncaring. He's not unjust. He loves us and he cares for us and he wants to bless us. But he's making this point. He says, how much more, you see, if a pagan judge who doesn't care about people was willing to do what this woman asked, how much more will a heavenly father who loves us answer our prayers if we'll just be persistent and not give up? Psalm 84, 11 says, No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. I'm telling you, there's not anything good that God would withhold from us. He's a good, good father. But we got to be persistent and never give up. So I prayed for like three, four whole minutes, and nothing happened. Now, I'm kind of exaggerating here just a little bit, but I want to make the point that a lot of the time we, we pray a little bit, and then we... We think, well, nothing happened. That didn't work. And we do the very thing that Jesus said not to do. We lose heart. We give up. We say, well, that didn't work. When you quit, you ain't doing it right. Because here's how he said to do it. Pray and never give up. You keep praying. You keep believing. You just keep on being persistent in prayer. You got to continue in faith. You can't just have faith for a minute. See, this is the way a lot of people want this to work, and some people kind of teach it this way. But, you know, just believe for just a minute. No, 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 no. You got to keep on believing. In fact, listen to this from James 1 6 through 8. Now, this, in this passage here, James is talking about when you pray and you ask for wisdom. But the principles of faith that he teaches here really apply to any time that you're praying and you're believing God for something. And this is what he says. He says, let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a, like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Sorry, I get my translations mixed up here. King James and Luke. Anyway. Let not that man suppose that he'll receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Now, I'd just like to clarify, when I read this passage and, and I see that he's talking about doubting and being tossed back and forth, I want you to understand, everybody has doubts that come into their mind. There's always going to be negative things or, you know, when you're looking at circumstances that are contrary to what you're believing, amen? I mean, faith is a substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen. So you're, you're looking at things that are not what you're believing for. And so you have these doubts that come in your mind. That doesn't mean that you're wavering. No, that's in the face of that. That's when you choose to believe anyway. And you say, no, I'm not going to accept that. I'm not going to hear that. I'm going to keep on believing God. But he goes on here and he says, let not that man suppose that he'll receive anything from the Lord. See, when we become double-minded, we're one minute, we're praying and we're believing, but then we're saying, well, that didn't work. That's a double-minded man. You got to make up your mind. And I'm going to tell you, the devil will try to talk you out of this a thousand different ways. Some of you right now, you're thinking, well, yeah, I prayed about that and then I gave up. Well, there's a cure for that. Start praying about it again and don't give up. 
You got to make, there's none of this. See, and when we decide we're going to pray, we're going to believe God that even when we, man, that song was so right on tonight. Even when we don't see it, we keep praying because he's working. We got to understand that. There are battles that are not won by just a quick prayer. I mean, when we're dealing with human wills and devils, sometimes just a quick prayer is not going to get it done. There's a spiritual warfare that's going on. And there are many times we pray about something, you know, Yes, there's times we pray about something one time and it happens. But there are also many, many times that we have to stand in prayer and continue to believe God and not back down. You got to be persistent in prayer. And this is a principle that's really taught over and over and over in the scripture. You see people that prayed and prayed and prayed, but we're in the New Testament, we're challenged and encouraged. Listen, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. I, I know, I know, this is a really popular, fun message. I also know, I'm being sarcastic. I like sarcasm, don't I, darling? It's not always a blessing. But I also know this, that this is real. And this is what the Bible says. And this is true. And this is, this is what works. Pray without ceasing. Romans 12, 12. Continue steadfastly in prayer. Ephesians 6, 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. You've been praying for somebody and it ain't doing any good? Keep on. Keep on, keep on, keep on. Don't give up. Always pray. Don't give up. Colossians 4.2, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Continue. Be vigilant. Vigilant. You just won't quit. You just won't give up. You just keep going at it and going at it. Persistence prevails. Jesus is our example of persistent prayer. Did you know that Jesus is praying for you and he hasn't given up? <laughs> Hebrews 7.25 he always lives to make intercession for them. Romans 8, 34. Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Our Savior, he's making intercession for us. Now, you know, this is, just opens up another whole teaching and, and direction here, but... Do you realize that the Son of God who died on the cross, that one who came as God in the flesh, he's at the right hand of the Father and he's making intercession for us? There's something to this that we need to pray, and I'm telling you, never, ever give up. Always pray. Pray without ceasing. If Jesus had prayed the way a lot of people pray today, 
Well, he would just say one time, he would say, Father, save everyone, heal everyone, set everyone free, bless everyone in my name, amen. Done. But no, he is always interceding for us. And you see, there's such power in that persistent prayer. We want everything to be instant. You know, it's funny how the influences of our culture impact us in little ways that we don't even realize what's going on. But you see, this instant world that we live in, it impacts our spiritual life because so much of the time we really do. We, we just have a hard time with things that take time. We want everything to be quick and easy. And it's just amazing how the influence of culture has pushed us that way where when you go back a generation or a hundred years ago, you see where people prayed for long periods of time and yet now we struggle with that so much and I'm telling you it is partly that influence of culture. There's also this thing where we're so busy with electronics and everything else. You know, our internet was out for a day. I realized I had more time to pray. Okay. I mean, you go on elect on an electronics fast, you just think it's hard to fast food. Some of you, you're so hooked on all your electronics, and I know I gotta, I gotta. No, you don't gotta. You realize people survived without all that for thousands of years? Okay, my business and how is it that somehow prayer has not been the real priority in our life? We've got all these other things we think are so important. And so, you, you know, preaching on a Wednesday night, preacher talk. I'm telling you, this is powerful. This is life-changing, not just for you, but for others. If we really get a hold of this, persistence prevails. Prayer brings us to a place where we are truly relying on God instead of ourselves. Persistence in prayer brings us to a place of continually, see, we keep praying, we persist. We're just continually relying on God, that we just keep going back to God, keep trusting in Him. You know, we're supposed to live a life of faith. And I think that a lot of the time, we would just be a lot more comfortable with, well, I want to pray and believe God, you know, in faith once in a while. That would be cool. But then the rest of the time, you know, I just want everything to just be, you know, everything fall in place. I mean, we'll do that faith thing if we have to, but, but here's how we're supposed to live. We're always praying. We're always believing. We're always asking our Father to move, to work. We're believing God for things that really matter. Things that are important enough to keep praying about and not give up. Just to keep praying and keep praying. Because, listen, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. We should always be praying and believing. Prayer is one of the primary expressions of faith in God. See, 
if we really believe, then we'll pray. And so when we are praying without ceasing, you see, it is that expression of faith that we're, we are believing God all the time. We're not giving up because we believe that it matters. We believe that our God is hearing our prayers. We believe that there's a breakthrough that's coming. You know, if you, if you don't believe when you pray, it's just kind of some religious ritual. So we, we pray because we believe that it matters, that God hears. You know, I, I've heard people pray these kinds of prayers before where they say, Lord, if you'll just do this one thing for me, I'll never ask you for anything again, you know. I hope God doesn't answer that prayer. Because he wants, he wants a real relationship with us. And he wants us to live a life of faith. He wants us to be calling out to him in prayer. He wants us to trust him and believe him every day. To always be using our faith. Here's the other illustration that Jesus gives us about persistent prayer. It's from Luke chapter 11. And by the way, just before this, Luke had recorded the Lord's Prayer. But in Luke 11, verse 5, he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. Now, just again, for us to understand a little bit of the culture that, in which this was told, in that day and time, when somebody had a, a guest come in from out of town or a traveler came to their house, it was a really big deal to show them hospitality and provide a place for them to stay, but also to feed them a good meal. And so this would be really embarrassing for this man if he didn't have any food for his friend that came. But he goes and he says, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has come to me on a journey. I have nothing to set before him and he will answer him or excuse me. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. Sometimes it's hard to get the kids to bed, right? I mean, this guy's like, hey, we're all in bed. I'm not getting up. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as much as he needs. Persistence prevails. He persisted. He was not going to go away. The Greek word for persistent here, it carries with it the connotation of shamelessness. I mean, this guy is knocking on the door. Hey, there's no shame. Let me, you got to get me some bread. You got to help me. Hey, no shame. The neighbors in the other houses are like, what is going on out there? That guy's beating on the door. No shame. You need to go to your heavenly father with no shame. <laughs> father, I need your help. Father, you're the only one. There's no way this is going to happen in the natural. Father, we've got to have your help. You go with no shame. You come boldly to the throne of grace. Because of Jesus, and when I say no shame, I don't mean with arrogance. I mean with no shame, that you're not ashamed to go to your Father and say, it's you and you alone. We've got to have your help. 
Without you, we can't do it. Shamelessly believe. Shamelessly trust Him. Persist. Persistence prevails. And here's what Jesus wants us to get. Let me give you the last part of verse 8 again. He will rise and give him as many as he needs. Verse 9. So, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and whoever seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. I love these verses, but sometimes, in fact, I think most often us preachers tend to pull these verses out of the context of the story that Jesus just told. And we make it like it's this instant automatic thing. You need to understand, Jesus says, so... He's talking about persistent prayer. He's not talking about, well, you just ask real quick one time and it's done. No, sometimes you have to persist. You just have to keep asking and asking and asking. In fact, our English translations, we really miss the full meaning of verses 9 and 10. You know, we ask one time, we knock once, we seek for a moment, and we're done. But the Greek words that are used here are linear verbs. It literally means to keep asking, to keep seeking, to keep knocking. The Woost Expanded Translation uses as many words as necessary to give the full meaning of the Greek text. And this is what it says in Luke 11, 9 and 10. He says, I'm saying to you, keep on asking for something to be given and it shall be given you. Keep on seeking and you shall find. Keep on reverently knocking and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who keeps on asking for something to be given keeps on receiving. I like that. And he that keeps on seeking keeps on finding. And to the one who keeps on reverently knocking, it shall be opened. Let me tell you when you should stop asking. When you know that it's done. Then you can stop. You stop seeking when you've already found. See, you can stop knocking when that door has been opened. But most of the time, we just give up way too soon. We need to pray and never give up. Why don't answers come quickly? You know, I don't have all the answers for that, but I can tell you a few things. Our Heavenly Father wants a relationship with us, and per- persistent prayer focuses our attention on the Lord. And we, we just learn to depend upon Him and look to Him more and more and more. Some people just wouldn't hardly give the Lord the time of day if He answered their prayers instantly every time. But as we read on in Luke chapter 11, I want you to see this. Very next verse, Jesus then gives us this great encouragement for us to pray in faith. He says, if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? See, our Heavenly Father, He loves us and He is always good and He gives us good things. We need to believe that He will give us good things. I mean, Jesus just makes it so clear here that if we as earthly fathers, even though we're not always good, can give good gifts to our children, how much more 
will our Heavenly Father answer our prayers. Now, sometimes we don't get a quick answer because our Heavenly Father has something better. Billy Graham's wife, Ruth, said she was glad God didn't answer all of her prayers because she would have married the wrong man several times before she met Billy. And I can assure you there are people here tonight who prayed that they would marry a certain person and it's a good thing that God didn't answer their prayer the first time. I would have married a red-headed she-devil who would have tortured my soul. <laughs> oh, you laugh, but you notice I'm not laughing. I know what I'm talking about. But my father, he had something so much better for me. Yeah. And for 40 years, I have been blessed because he brought Carmen into my life. I thank God that he knows what's best. And you see, sometimes we think, well, God didn't hear my prayer. He ain't listening to me. Yeah, he's listening to you, and he knows what he's doing. And his timing is always right. But if you give up, I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out here, all right? Listen, if you're praying and you're believing God, but then you say, well, that didn't work, and you give up, guess what? You just nullified what you were standing and believing. You know how I know that? We read it earlier in James chapter 1. Let not that man think that he'll receive anything from the Lord. you got to keep believing. you got to persist in your prayer. Don't give up. Just realize that sometimes God has something better and you need to leave God some leeway because he's a mighty, awesome God and he knows what he's doing. He knows things you don't know. I mean, why did the, why did the children of Israel have to march around Jericho for seven days? I don't know. Maybe it was building the anticipation and the excitement of his people that when they shouted, they were ready to go in and win that victory. Maybe it was seven days of torment and fear that was building in the hearts of their enemies. I don't know. What I do know is that his timing is always perfect. His ways are perfect. And we just need to learn to trust him more when we're praying. I'll tell you, it'll help us to be persistent in our prayer. It's to realize that he's not always on our schedule. So we persist. I remember when I was 19 years old and I was believing God to be a junior high youth pastor at my church. And this was in 1979. There was only a handful in the entire country. I mean, in 79, most churches didn't even have full-time youth pastors, but even big churches didn't have junior high youth pastors. And I had actually put this on my my prayer list, my goal that I was going to be a junior high youth pastor. And so the church that I was going to, they they had vision for that at some point. And the pastor had talked to me about working with the junior high. And so I was teaching their Sunday school class. I was doing a Bible study and fellowship on Saturday nights with them. And, and then they put some uh, an elder over all of the youth ministries and he didn't like me. 
And he put somebody else in and squashed me out and broke my little heart. And so about a year later, I went off to Bible college. I needed to go to Bible college. I wasn't really raised in church. I had so little Bible knowledge. I didn't, and I would read a book and then, and then hear somebody else teach. And I was like, these guys are teaching the same passage. He says it means this and he says it means something just opposite. I don't know what's right. I needed to go to Bible college to learn how to really study the Bible. I landed at a, a little church as youth pastor, started for free, for nothing. And then they decided to pay me $100 a week to do the cleaning. That was my, my first youth ministry. And it got better, though. They eventually paid me 200 a week if I do the mowing. But here's, here's what I want to get at, though. A year and a half later, Grace Temple Church, Grace Church, hired me to come be the junior high youth pastor. Just a handful in the country. But you see, in God's timing, he had put that in my heart, and yet it didn't happen the way I thought it would. But in his plan, and his timing, it did happen. And I'm just telling you that so often we give up when things don't look right to us, when we think it's not happening. We just need to remember that God is still at work. Keep praying. Keep praying. Because in the process, he is maturing us. There are things that need to be accomplished in us that can only come by the trying of our faith. He wants to grow our faith. Faith that isn't stretched doesn't grow. Instant answers to prayer don't stretch your faith. Abraham, he's called the father of faith. He was the friend of God. He believed for a son until he was 100 years old. He believed for that son for 25 years after he first received a promise from the Lord. That's a long time. His faith was so great that later when the Lord told him to take that promised son that he had finally received, take him and sacrifice him to the Lord, he was willing to do what God said because he believed that God would raise him back from the dead. I mean, nowadays, they're going to either put you in prison or put you in the nut hut if you're going to sacrifice your child, right? I mean, we'd all be like, yeah, this dude's nuts. But Abraham was willing to obey God. That's how much faith and trust he had in God. How did he get there? Why is he considered to be the father of faith? I'm telling you, God grew his faith. There was a trying of his faith. Well, we read about this in James 1, 2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Perfect and complete. It's talking about maturity. There's a maturity in your character, in your faith. See, there's things that God develops in you in that fight of faith. You know, sometimes God, during that time, he, not, just, not just faith, but 
character. He'll, he'll develop compassion in you where you, you're, you care about other people and you want to help other people that are going through what you went through. See, there's things that God develops in you through that trying of your faith. Sometimes he's developing fighting skills. You're learning how to fight spiritual warfare. You don't get that without going through some things. I mean, I mean, you can learn a lot from teaching, but I'm just telling you, there's some things you're not going to learn without having been through some fires yourself. But he says that you'll develop to where you lack nothing. You lack nothing. By the way, the NIV doesn't use the word patience here. It uses the word perseverance. And I think that's really the, the main point here is that you just keep going. It, 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 trying of your faith will develop that perseverance in you where you will persist. You'll just keep going and keep going and keep going. Now, there is a point to be made here that it takes, you know, what we use the word patience like you're waiting and that, there is that involved here too, and that's the part I have a hard time with. I'm not good at waiting. Anybody else? I mean, I'm bullheaded, but I hate waiting. So when we left the old church in Fort Worth in 2006, we already had this land purchased, and we leased a space in the shopping center and I wouldn't sign a lease for more than 18 months because I was sure that we would have a building built in 18 months. We finished it in 2014. It took seven years for us to get this building built. Not on my timetable. If you would have told me that, I would have been like, no way, no way. I'll build it myself, I, whatever it takes. No way. But you see, God has a perfect timing. He knows what he's doing. See, I don't know all the answers to that. I trust my father with that. I, I do know this. I might not have been ready for this yet, for this building and for what was going to happen. Maybe, maybe he was bringing people together for that. I, I know it's everything he's moving and working in all of it. There's a, there was also a spiritual battle that was going on that Satan was trying to hinder it. But our father's working it all together. That's how big he is. So we keep praying and we keep praying and we keep praying. It's interesting to me when you read these stories in the Bible. Have you ever looked at the children of Israel in the wilderness from Joshua and Caleb's point of view? I mean, they're in the wilderness for 40 years waiting for all these other people to die off. Kind of strange, isn't it? But I'm sure that they were praying that whole time. Lord, we want to go in. We want to go in. And it took 40 years. It took 40 years. But they went in. And they drove out their enemies. Oh, they had a good time. Yes, they did. Caleb says at 85, I'm just as strong today as I was when we first started this journey. Wow. See, we just need to learn to be persistent in prayer and trust God that he's going to do it, that he's going to take care of it, no matter how long it takes. And I know some of you, you say, 40 years. Listen, 
we just need to get a hold of this that we're going to pray until we're just going to keep persisting and keep bearing down, keep believing God and refuse to go back. Persistence will defeat resistance. We lose when we give up. Daniel fasted for three weeks for an answer. And then when God's messenger finally gets there, he told Daniel why it took three weeks. It's Daniel 10, 12 through 14. He said to me, do not fear, Daniel, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me for I had been left alone with the kings of Persia. And we just get a little glimpse of this spiritual warfare behind the scenes. And I'm not going to stay here a long time because I know some of you are going to get ready to go in a few minutes. It isn't time yet, but we're going to go fast. But it's amazing. It's almost like, you know, when you're watching a play and they always pull the curtain while they change the sets and a bunch of stuff happens back there that you don't see. But maybe one time they left the curtain open a little bit and you see all that stuff going on. God just pulled back the curtain a little bit here in the book of Daniel where we get a little bit of a view of what happened in this spiritual warfare. Now, what happened with Daniel here? There's spiritual warfare going on like this all the time. But you see, he prayed, and he was heard from the first day. But Daniel continued to pray and fast until the answer came. What happened, or what would have happened, if he would have just prayed and then quit? I'm telling you, that's what so many believers do. You keep praying. There is a spiritual warfare that's going on. And it is our praying in faith that's bringing the answer. Young woman died and went to heaven, and she had this, or she had a vision, a dream of this that she died and went to heaven. And the angels were showing her around, and she saw a stack of boxes in one corner, and she saw her name on one. And she said, What is that? And the angel said, well, those are prayers that you prayed. You made these requests. And there was preparations that were made to give the answer. But the angels are told that if the petitioner is not waiting for the answer, they're to return them and store them in this room. I don't know, you know, it's not a real story. But it makes the point well. We need to understand that when we're praying, it's not enough that we just give a short prayer sometimes. No, we need to keep praying and keep believing. Our Savior said we ought to always pray and never give up. First Thessalonians 2.8 says, Therefore we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again, but Satan hindered us. There really is a spiritual battle going on. And you see, when we pray, we're doing spiritual warfare. That's what Ephesians chapter 6 and the armor of God, that's what that's all about, is doing spiritual warfare in prayer. And if, I want to tell you, if the apostle Paul could be hindered, sometimes we're being hindered. And I'll tell you, this is what brings the victory. We just keep praying. We're in a spiritual battle. 
If you're in a battle, you can't give up. We will never surrender. There's too much at stake. There are souls to be won. There are lives to be changed. There are people that need to be rescued from the powers of darkness. We cannot ever give up. We keep praying and keep praying and keep praying. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Yes, Lord. Amen. Say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen. Will stand with me.